What is up, everybody? Welcome into the Bat Flip, where we discuss everything baseballs. I'm Landon Raby. With me, Dylan Taylor. Caleb Mitchell producing for us. Uh, Tennessee uh, drops another series to Florida. and uh, But just when, you know, I thought the sweep was coming, here comes uh, Drew, Drew Beam and, and Griffin Merritt to make sure that doesn't happen. And it's so weird. Like, this is the most confusing team in the world. They proved it the last two Saturdays where, you know, they can dog stomp anybody. But they can also look like they did on Thursday and Friday night where they're just not competitive. So, um, just a weird team. Don't really understand it. We're going to get into it a little bit. Uh, Dylan, I kind of want to get your take on on this weekend. Saturdays are for the Vols, apparently. That's, that's, about, <laughs> that's about all I can say because God knows Thursdays and Fridays haven't been the last two weeks. I, mm-hmm. It's it's confusing. I We'll get into it. Um, Let's never play on Thursday again. Is, is that yeah, fair? I, don't do that? In football, too. It's just not, it's not <laughs> appealing for any sport. No. But – yeah, I just I, I kind of got I've kind of got one big thought that's kind of I think sums up the last two weeks. Um, it, it's I, I know there's been some talk this weekend about uh, or ended this week about the starting pitching, and I, I kind of agree with some of the stuff I've seen on Twitter. It's just I don't know. We'll uh, we'll get into it more, but um, I, I don't know. It's it's kind of. It's not the main theme I'm thinking of, but just something else. It's it's kind of it's kind of what we said last week. It's it's nothing else. Nothing else is lining up at the same time. Like it, it's like some something's working and something's not. And it's we've talked about it before. But to take these series, you you got to kind of have everything pumping at the same time, and we just haven't seen it yet. Yeah, just the inconsistency is so weird, and um, I think it's worse because basketball was the exact same way. Um, so you get into baseball and you're kind of, kind of have that same thing and, and you've been spoiled for the past two years. It's just, it's just weird to kind of grasp. Like, I mean, you have two all Americans starting pitchers and they're just getting hammered. Um, you know, Burns looks like he's cruising and then, you know, the, the bottom just falls out of it. Dolander kind of, it takes a while for him to get started. He's walking some guys and, you know, he'll give up a, a, a walk, and then, you know, he can give up a bomb. So, yeah, I think Florida's a really good baseball team. I'm not taking anything away from that. But Tennessee's got to be more competitive at the plate. I mean, bottom line this weekend. Last weekend we were talking about the defense and how that kind of lost you the game. Yeah, the starting pitching on Thursday and Friday wasn't great. Defense didn't help it. You know, in that first inning, you're out of the inning. If you can field a ground ball at first base, you don't. And then, you know, Dolander has to – 25 more pitches. Um, neither one of those guys got out of the fourth inning, and, you know, it's it's a little concerning um, at this point. And so I, I think you do have to make a change because it's worked for you all season long. You, you look at Zane Denton a few weeks ago. He gets moved to the, the ninth hole. He hits for the cycle. Griffin Merritt sits on the bench, comes back. He, he pinches – Pinch hits on Friday, you know, hits a laser in the center field, and then has six RBIs on on Saturday for you. So you know he's definitely got a spot back in the lineup. So is is this what we can see to maybe get a, re- a response out of some of these pitchers? Where like, hey, Drew Bean, you're going on Friday, and you know this is the time to do that because you do have a longer rest period um, than you normally would after a you know Sunday to, to Friday night. So. 
the the kind of big thing was I just I wish we could take last year's starting pitching and have those performances this year and take take the ones we're seeing this year and move it to last year because last year you had the lineup to where just about every bad start most of the time you could cover it with just how insane and how lethal the lineup was last year. Yeah, it looks like we lost Dylan there. Try to get him back in a little bit. But, yeah, 32 strikeouts in two games. Just isn't going to win you very many games at all in the SEC. And, um, you know, it's 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 an issue. And the two-strike approach on especially Friday and Saturday night or, or Thursday night and, and Friday night, I mean, it was just abysmal, to be honest. I mean, it was just – not competitive. I mean, Tony Vitello mentioned it after the game that, you know, they got to compete up there. And, you know, it's – you got to. Um, Just some some weird stuff going – I mean, Christian Moore is one of your best hitters. He strikes out four times. Jared Dickey is another really great hitter. Strikes out three times. I mean, he had 18 strikeouts on Thursday night. And that's just kind of unlike this team and this program. Um, and I don't really know what the issue has been. Looks like we got Dylan back. Welcome back, Dylan. Back. Sorry about that. Just randomly cut out. Yeah, you're good. I don't, um, I don't know where I don't know where you lost me at, but I was just I was just talking about how frustrating it is, just because you know you've you, you kind of expected the lineup to maybe take a step back this year for a little while at least, and we've talked about you know maybe maybe this is the best time to be going through those struggles, but it's frustrating from the pitching perspective because everybody's a year older. And it's like if you could do this last year, kind of where does the drop-off lie this year? So that was before I cut out. That was just kind of just, yeah. just the frustrations, the the main part that I just – I don't understand. Yeah, and kind of leading into that, I was talking about how, like, uncompetitive we were. You know, we looked at the plate. I mean, just the two-strike approach. I mean, it's so middle school to say, like, hey, if you got two strikes on you, you got to protect. Anything close, you got to swing at. And Tennessee just didn't do that. And, you know, I know there were some times where – Maybe it was too far off the plate, but there's other times we're arguing calls. You look at the replay; it's over the plate. I mean, you gotta you gotta swing it. Um, and if you know that's your kind of two strike approach, you got to make those those two pitches before that count. And Tennessee just didn't do that, and they did a lot better of that on Saturday. I don't know what the difference was, um, but even in the the pouring down rain, Tennessee looked a lot better at the plate for some reason. And you, you've got to know with professional umpires, you're you're gonna you're gonna see calls like that. So especially with college umpires, and it's like you're saying, like it, I don't think any we, we've talked before about the reputation. Like you you hope that doesn't play a part in it, but at a certain point, like if it's a strike, it's a strike. Like and th- those borderline pitches, you got to know you're probably not going to get a, lo- a lot of those calls this year. Mm-hmm. So I, yeah, I don't I don't understand. And we didn't see that last year either because it seems like every borderline pitch we were swinging at anyway and either fouling off or putting it in play. And, and this year it's swinging and missing is one thing at those borderline pitches. You know, you can you can change the mentality then, but right now the mentality is just like, why aren't we getting these calls? And it's like you you haven't all year. So at a certain point, it's like you're talking about with pitching, like maybe a change has got to happen like, I'd, I'd rather go down swinging any day. That's that's much less frustrating, and it's just you know if you're if you're going to make a deep run, so you might as well swing at them now. And if you strike out, hey, big deal. But 
at least work on trying to put those balls in play because you're you're not going to get everything fat over the plate later in the season when you're when you're in Omaha. So you, you you've got to you've got to get the work in on those pitches right now. Yeah, Tennessee can't afford to be striking out at the plate so much. I mean, you had 18 on on Thursday, 14 on Friday, and then you only had six on Saturday. Again, I don't know. I mean, I know they walked the crap out of Tennessee, and that had a lot to do with what the score looked like because Tennessee only had, what, seven hits um, and 14 runs. But, I mean, they, they just looked more comfortable at the plate. And, and, again, maybe it was the pitching. Maybe they knew they weren't going to throw strikes. Um but yeah, I just and then pitching wise, it seems like we're we're getting guys O two counts, and then we're we're challenging them by throwing something over the plate. And you know, you challenge some of these hitters, they'll make you pay four hundred eighty eight feet like they did on on Friday. Um, and I know that that's going to be another talk, or we can kind of get into it, I guess. Um, I, I don't have a problem with the bat flip. If you hit something four hundred eighty eight feet, you absolutely deserved it. Oh. I wouldn't have done it. And the only reason why I wouldn't have done it is because I would never even get close to hitting a ball that far. No, I, I don't think most human beings would. So it's kind <laughs> of it's kind of one of those things like, you know, you get the crowd, it's like, act like you've been there before. Well, it's like most human beings haven't been in that position before. So it's kind of whatever you want to do, I'm fine with it. Like short of short of killing someone on the field, like any any type of response is going to be like, yeah, that, I'd probably do the same thing if I was in that position. But mm-hmm. it's – yeah, you talk about getting people in O two counts. I just I don't understand the mentality there either. Like it's, you clearly see the stuff is still there because it's like oh you know you're getting a lot of people in O two counts. But then it's just like I, I don't. I, I think maybe part of it was the surprise factor like last year, like getting people in O two counts, and then you know hitters against Chase Burns are like oh he's a freshman, he's going to make a mistake right here, and it's like well no he can still pump ninety eight by you like. Well, now they know you're going to try to do that. So at a certain point, it's going to be like, hey, bury one in the dirt right here. You know, you've got – you still got four balls or you got three balls to work with here. Like, you you don't have to – you don't have to worry about getting that one, especially when the bullpen is as good as it is. Like, sure. if you're worried about a high pitch count, don't be. If you get into Tennessee's bullpen, you're going to be fine there. So, I – again, I think it's more of a mentality thing, and I, I don't know why the mentality – I don't know if it's coming from the coaching staff, the mentality, or I don't know if they're telling them, like, hey, guys, why are you doing this? And it's still just. Yeah, I think he cut out again. I mean, yeah, I mean, you just got to – you got to figure out, a, like like you were saying, there, there's great pitchers in the bullpen. I mean, we didn't even get to half of them. I don't even know why Camden Sewell is not playing against Florida. That just baffles me. I think he was coming in if we were going to play in the ninth inning. But still. Got to find a way to get him on the field. Definitely love to see him against Florida. Um, I mean, Aaron Combs. Good God, that dude just comes in just freaking balls hanging and strikes out Langford and 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 Cax right off the rip. I mean, he was disgusting. I want to see more of Aaron Combs. You got Andrew Lynn. You didn't even pitch Zach Joyce or Wyatt Evans. I mean, yeah, like you were saying, like you definitely have – so many arms in the in the bullpen. I don't know why we're challenging hitters. Like, and it's so weird to argue like, "Hey, Tennessee's throwing too many strikes," because that's that's you know a weird thing to kind of say. But you know, it, it kind of feels that way. Like you like you said, bury some of the dirt every once in a while. There ain't nothing wrong with that. 
If he chases it, great. And you're probably going to get a lot of chase because they're thinking it's coming over the plate with an 0-2 count now. At this point, especially, yeah, like they're they're sitting middle middle, and that's 488 feet then, or 483, whatever it was. I mean, if it's coming in that hard, I know we were talking before I apparently dropped again about like, you know, we we don't think we could do that, but at a certain point, no matter who it is, they're they're not going to miss that for very long if they know where it's coming. Like, I, I I'd have a hard time catching up to 98, but eventually, like. Again, we're not Division One baseball players. Like you tell yeah. them where it's coming, it's you may still get it by them a couple times, but uh, not not the Florida lineup, and especially not LSU. Yeah, yeah. Just uh, and then let's let's talk about the lineup a little bit. Uh, it kind of differ, and it just seems like it's ever changing. You know, guys in slums, guys coming out of slums. Um, you know, guys emerge. You know, they they go back and. It's just a lot of different things. No, Maui doesn't play Friday or Saturday. Um, back issue. I don't, I don't know if I believe that, but whatever. Um, he wasn't playing, and so you got Jake Kendrow on on Friday, and then Saturday you got Austin Jazlove. I mean, I kind of like the lineup of like that we had on on Saturday. I like Jared Dickey leading off. Also like Jared Dickey not having to catch every game. I think Cal Stark, I, I I would love for him to catch fire. I mean, he he seems to be like a ball of energy. I I'd love to see kind of him and, you know, kind of his his fire and intensity back there and, you know, him at the plate. And then you kind of go from there. You go if you want to go Christian Moore or Hunter Inslee, um, to kind of break up, you know, that however you want to do that lefty-righty stuff. And then Griffin Merritt has inserted himself back into it. You got to. I'm fine with whoever has the hot hand right now. It, because <laughs> it's uh, – yeah, like like you said, until it until we find guys that can do it consistently, I mean, you're you're not taking Blake Burke out. Like, let's, no. let's be real. You, there, there are certain He's guys, the only one, I think, besides Christian Scott – who hit the ball on Thursday? Yeah, but him. You're not taking Dickey out. There, there are a very, there are very few guys, but there are a few guys that it's like, if they're struggling, you're going to let them struggle. But you get to the point where you're at now, where I mean, this is what three SEC series losses. Mm-hmm. You're not going to put up with that much longer. So it's whoever's going to go up first thing. Whoever's going to go up there and swing the bat right now should be in and anybody that provides any type of spark they should be in so i mean we've talked for the last couple weeks about our ideal lineups who it would be where right now my ideal lineup is can you hit the ball and are you going to swing at close pitches yes and yes well you're in the lineup (laughs) so yeah i mean the the looking at strike three man that's that's rough it's hard to watch too i mean sitting there all weekend i'm just like good I mean, I can go up there and swing. I'm not going to hit anything, but right. <laughs> I'm going to at least try. It looks like you try. Yeah, I mean, you, you give yourself a chance, right? Even if you're – I mean, you give yourself a chance. They have to field it, throw it, you know, whatever. They, they have to get you out. So, you know, put a little bit of pressure on them. If you're just up there just taking strike three, I mean, that's that's easy for – and, and you're, you're giving that pitcher 
you know, just more confidence. Maybe a low blow here, but maybe we need a low blow. If it's anything like we've seen Tennessee's fielding be so far and a lot of the field around the SEC, like anything in play you could get on base on. So I don't, I don't right. understand why yeah. you're not trying to put anything in play. Like, mm-hmm. And it, you've got a legitimate gripe if it's a foot, foot and a half off the plate. Okay, like you've got complaints there. Four inches off the plate, though, you you got to understand some of those calls are just going to go against you. Like these – we know my disdain for umpires, but at a certain point, like it is a hard job. You're, they're not going to get everyone right. And the more that you complain about those close calls, the less likely they are to go in your favor. And I, I think we've seen that. Yeah. Yeah, they're not perfect, and you're not perfect either. So let's – you know, don't make them ring you up. Yeah. Make them make a play. If they make yep. the play, hats off. I'd rather go down that way. So, you're are you changing the rotation this weekend? Yeah. I, Beam's, Beam's leading off now. I, I just I think so, too. So, something's got to change because it, it, at a certain point, like we, we talked about, it's a mentality thing now. Like, you got the stuff, but something so, – somebody needs a – a day off, or skip a start, change up the order. So something's got to be done. Yeah, I do. We did have a, a question here. Um, has there been improvement on Blake's game from last year to this year, batting wise? I would say it's around. I mean, he had limited at bats last year. Everybody expects him to hit a home run when he comes up to the plate every single time, especially if there's somebody on base. They're like, here it comes, here it comes. Um, and, and, you know, he's going to do a lot of a lot of those, but I would like to see him make better contact. You know, he's rolling over on some, and he's he, he gets fooled on off-speed stuff. I mean, that's – it happens. But, you know, he, he's a guy that's going to put some pressure on uh, opposing pitchers and opposing defenses. I mean, they shift to him every time. Here's another thing about the shift. Tennessee needs to play a little bit of small ball here. You know, they got some athletes, you know, Christian Scott, Hunter Inslee, you know, some of those lefties, I mean, they're, they have three guys on the right side. Like, why are we not trying to bunt down third base and, and at least making them respect it a little bit? It goes back to the, what we were just talking about, changing the rotation up. Like, do it. Like, it's clear that the mentality and the, I guess the stand, not really the standard of play, but the the style of play from the last year or two, it, it's not going to be the same with this team. So try everything. And as far as Blake goes, I mean, I I don't think there's really been improvement or gotten worse. I think we're just seeing a full sample size of him now. Like it, this mm-hmm. is a normal season with normal at bats. So, well, I, and I think it helped him out a lot last year. Like hitting is contagious. Um, yeah. So when everybody you know in front of you and behind you is hitting the baseball, it's a lot easier to go up there and hack. Um, but if they're not, you know, pressure is kind of on you to make something happen, and you know he does a lot of the time. But you, you can't expect him to go up there and hit a home run every single time he comes up to the plate. He was a nice surprise complimentary piece last year. Now there's an element of when, when you think about it that way of there's an element of a lot of people are thinking he's got to be the man. Like I think he's lived up to that pretty well so far. Like he's Mm -hmm. not setting the world on fire like he was last year, but I mean, that that was a historic pace last year. So, and not, not everybody 
hits the ball as much as Dylan Cruz. They're just they're two different type of hitters too. So I mean, yeah. I, it may be a, in the minority saying it, but I, I think I think he's probably in terms of disappointment or overachieving. I think he's still probably overachieved a little bit this year, just because there's been times where he's the only one hitting it, and he's he's still done that pretty well. And this is this is just a full season for him now. So I, I've he's way down on the list of in terms of concern yeah and does do they need to step it up he's yeah definitely not hitting the panic button i mean he looked he looked on thursday night he was your best player and i know he i know he had that error but he also came in the next his the next inning and and hit one over the batter's eye so um you know again you can't expect him to do everything but you know he was kind of your everything that you were able to put up on thursday night and i agree with you if if and when we start seeing everybody consistently hit around him, I think you'll see him take it up to a new level too. Yeah, then, 100%. He, then he becomes the because at one point he ride. was batting like four thirty yeah. something. Um, yeah, you know, obviously going against you know guys like you know Florida and uh, Texas A and M and LSU, like that your batting average isn't you're not going to hit four forty unless you're probably Dylan Cruz, but. Um, or Florida's lineup. Good God. Let's talk about Florida's lineup a little bit. They're one through five batters. Where in the hell did they breed them? Our guys look tiny compared to Florida's. I mean, and not just like in stature, just like those, like Wyatt Langford, he is massive and he's a leadoff. I mean, I don't know. They have to cut their sleeves because, I mean, their sleeves like barely fit around their arms. Yeah, Langford may also be your number one pick. I've I've stated I'd like Cruz, but Wyatt Langford looks like a digger leaguer right now. Like the same way Jordan Beck did last year. Like he, yeah, he he looks like like a major leaguer donning an SEC uniform. They look like they're on the Mike Trout program. I mean, it it was insane. And, like, I feel like it only helped them because, I mean, a, a small ballpark, you want to have – yeah, we, they are juicing. Let's get that going. <laughs> um, but, yeah, a small ballpark, I'm sure they're licking their chops coming in here. You know, being that big and, you know, playing in a small park like that, definitely. There's also the mindset of knowing that – the other team's kind of wounded. Like, that, that makes – for really good players, that makes them step it up even more. I, I think yeah. they probably view Tennessee as a as a wounded team right now. And they're like, oh, that going into a – we say small park with the – you know, a little sarcasm. But at the same time, like, knowing that, knowing that the starters have been struggling, like, hey, if we come out and jump on them, like – they're down for the count then. They're, they're really great players, and they have a lot of them see that and say, hey, that's easy money for us. Yeah. Yeah, it's um, – and the the whole bat flip with Caglion, I mean, I saw something on Twitter, and somebody was like, it, it's so sick him flipping his bat in front of one of the cockiest programs in college baseball. I mean, like, you can't – like, like you, he earned that bat flip. I don't think any Tennessee fan was mad that he did it. They shouldn't be. I mean, good God, <laughs> you didn't even see it after it left left the park. It was, it was, it landed in the river, right next to the goalpost. It was, it was right there. Um, but 
I, I just don't understand why people continue to like harp on like Tennessee as this cocky program. And it's, it's cool when they can bat flip, but we're a cocky program when we do it. I just don't understand the concept. I, I guess it's just like Tennessee is just must see TV that everybody just hates it because of it. I mean, LSU set a the box set a record for attendance when Tennessee came in. I'm sure Arkansas will do the same thing um, this weekend. I mean, I, they they want Tennessee's number, and I just don't understand like how none of these programs are cocky. We're the only one that's cocky. I th- I think because we bat flip, and I don't understand why it's like this. But I think a lot of it comes down to Vitello because like you you see. Saban gets a lot of hate, but a lot of that too is, yeah, they win. Yeah, they've been dominant, but a lot of that too is some people just don't think Nick Saban is a genuinely good human being. They're like, hey, he's the old crusty guy that's mad at the world. I understand that. You've seen the same thing with other older coaches. I don't understand the hate for Vitello then because he he's he's the guy that's young, energetic. Like you would think people would really latch on to him now, I get rival fan bases are going to hate everything that you do, but a lot of the national media, I don't understand that because you look in college basketball at Eric Musselman, who is a younger guy that kind of burst on the scene like that. It seems like everybody loves him. Dude ripped his shirt off after a game. Uh, like, after winning the, the round of 32. Yeah, like, <laughs> and everybody celebrates that. If Vitello does, does that, there's only people in Knoxville, Tennessee that are going to love that. Then you've got the national media that wants to jump on him for doing that. So, I, yeah, I don't understand the clear double standard. If it's an older coach who has the reputation of like Saban does of, of you know, being short with report. Have, have we ever heard Tony Vitello be short with any media member before? Not, nope. not that and, I remember. And he's like one of the most complimentary guys with the media to – opposing coaches and, and teams and, and even his players. I mean, he always has their backs. I, yeah, I, I just don't understand the hate other than, you know, he chest bumped a, a moron that was, you know, after his starting pitcher gets drilled after they're tipping pitches, um, you know, he, he chest bumped and he took his suspension. And I, I just don't under yeah, I just don't understand the hate. Which the hate us because they ain't us? Is that is that what it is? It it made me like him even more. Like <laughs> I I so I don't understand. Yeah. I, I don't also, if if Coach V is taking his shirt off like Muscleman, there's no doubt in my mind that Lindsey Nelson is going to break a record for attendance that next game. If there's right. a chance that Tony Vitello is taking his shirt off, imagine the women that are going to come out of the woodworks to uh, to buy a ticket for that. Like, I do not like Dave Van Horn. I don't like him at all for a lot of the reasons that I mentioned. I don't, I don't dislike Saban, but I, I'm not a huge fan of him. Now, if Dave Van Horn has a legitimate complaint with an umpire, especially one with a handlebar mustache wearing sun, the most ridiculous pair of sunglasses, and he goes and bumps an umpire, that's going to make me like him a little more just because you're not afraid to do something like that. So I, yeah. I, I do, at a certain point, I think it became cool to hate on Tennessee, which I, I don't know why that happened again, and it became more of a mob mentality than actually true feelings, that if you take every every national person's opinion out of it, I, I don't think you'd see that same thing. So I don't understand it either. Yeah. I mean, whatever. 
uh, it's been us against the world and it always has been. And, you know, baseball just kind of increased that even more. So whatever. I don't care. I mean, have we ever, I, I, we've talked about this before, like watching Tennessee baseball before it was cool too. When, you know, they, there was barely anybody in the stands. Do you ever remember not even bringing up Tennessee specifically here, but I guess I in, indirectly kind of am. Do you ever remember as much talk around a college baseball season as there was last year? Whether it was good or bad focused on Tennessee, do you ever remember that much talk about college baseball? Like, so I, I kind of no, like. And, and Angel Reese at LSU is talking about how she put, you know, women's basketball on the map. I mean, there is a legit argument that Tennessee baseball put college baseball on the map. And I, I like that comment that they put us in every highlight and talk negative about us. Like, you can't have it both ways. Yeah. I don't know. I don't get it. Want your cake and eat it too. Um, all right. I, I don't have a lot more. I mean, Tennessee needs to find con- some consistency all around. I mean, defense, starting pitching, lineup. Um, and hopefully they're able to figure it out soon because, I mean, at, number one, it doesn't get any easier. And number two, we're sitting here at the, you know, this it's it's April. Like it, it's getting close to getting time where where teams are trying to make a run and you know thinking about the postseason. And Tennessee's, you know, they got to find a way to get to Hoover and you know make a regional. I, I think they should, but you know they got to win some ball games to do that. This weekend's massive, and I know we've said the last what, three weekends now, it's like, man, it'd really be nice to get it going this week. I I hate Florida more than any other school in the SEC, just in every sport. I That's just they, – they've been – Bama's been dominant in, in a lot of things since I've been watching sports. Florida thinks they're dominant in a lot of things since I've been watching sports. So I understand the hate for Florida. But in baseball, like, you know Vitello is going to come out against Arkansas ready to go. And there, it just seems like – we've talked about it. It seems like there's been times this year where they, the team just kind of looks dead. They, they don't – there doesn't look like there's any juice. Mm-hmm. Winning this series is big, but look, looking like you want to be there is even bigger. Like, Yeah, especially in, in your home stadium, there's no reason why Florida should – you know, have more amp or, or life to them than you. I mean, Florida absolutely looked like they wanted to be there, even if it was cold. And they're they're they they're from Florida. Like, I mean, yeah. cold should maybe bother them a little bit, but they weren't bothered in the slightest. And it looked like it, it bothered Tennessee. And um, I understand. And even if it didn't, it's what it looked like. And, and right. I wasn't the only one that saw that. So. I understand that it's deflating, especially when you give up four in the first inning. Like when before you even really get a couple times through the lineup, you're down seven runs, something like that. Like that's hard to have a spark. But at the same time, like if you lose one of the early games this series, like okay, but let it be like a five-four game, like where you're in it till the last at bat. Don't let it be like these early games where it's just like they jump out to a lead and we're just dead in the water. Like that, that's been the most frustrating part to me is like last year, you never felt like you were out of the game. This year, there's been many first, second games of the series where it's fourth inning and I'm like, 
is there much of a point of watching the rest of this? Cause there's just, it, it looks dead. Like, yeah, I don't know if I'm the only one, but it's just, I don't know. It losing sucks, but losing and just not ever really thinking you got a chance to get back in it. That's just, that's deflating. Yeah. I mean, it, it was just like, you weren't competitive on Thursday and Friday. And then it doesn't make any sense because Saturday you come out and, and beat their brains in. Yeah, it looked like easy work. Like, I don't yeah. I don't get it. Yeah, I just I, – and here's another thing about that. Like, you're playing well on Saturdays right now. Do you throw Drew Beam on Saturday this week? Because you play Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Do you put him Saturday and then, you know, maybe Burns back on Friday or and, – and Dolander on Sunday? Do you switch it up that way or you just go, Beam, you're, you're the guy on Friday? I started off with Beam. Okay. He, yeah. You're winning games like with him right now. The first game of any series is the biggest one. I mean, obviously, if you're tied, you want to win the last one, but you don't get there without winning one before then. And winning the first one's big because it puts all the pressure on the other team. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, I know somebody said, are the guys playing too nonchalant, acting like they should just be there? I don't even think it's a nonchalant thing. I just think it's like they don't mentally seem like they're there. It's not like a lazy factor. It's just like their head's somewhere else. That's the only way I know to describe it. Yeah, and, you know, we had a comment about errors on here as well. I mean, errors weren't the issue this week. Now, they, they, came, they came at really, like, bad times, um, trying to get out of the inning and, and stuff like that. But only two errors. You had six last weekend. There, there was that improvement. Um, I mean – your All-American shortstop has to be a better shortstop. You know, he's made some plays, and I'm like, wow, that's incredible. And he's made some plays, I'm like, how did you not make that play? Um, so, I, I mean, I, I don't know, like, what he's looking like day-to-day. Um, but Austin Jazlove, I mean, he was playing a good shortstop before Maui came in, and so I kind of like him at short. I mean, the kid just looks smooth. Yeah. Like, real smooth. So everything for Maui right now looks like he's just it, lo- it looks tough. He, he doesn't look like he, he's going one for four, but like it's like in, in most games, but and like that's not terrible. But for a leadoff guy that's leading the team in strikeouts, that can't happen. And he's played eight less games, that can't happen. It's it's like you see guys coming back from a major injury where, like, they're not sure of themselves at first. Like, you know, they, you tell they kind of they, – they want to do it. Or it's like a pitcher coming back from Tommy John. Like, you know, those first few balls he's going to throw, it's like, oh, you know, what's going to happen here? Like, that that's kind of how he's been lately. It's like – Yeah, and it, you it, absolutely I, see the talent there yeah, all the it, time. But it, it's like – I mean, again, just like this team, he's got to find some consistency if he wants to be out there. It goes back to the nonchalant question where it's like, well, no, I don't really think it's that or laziness. It's just like they – it's just like I don't know. Like I don't know how this throw to first is going to go. I don't know how the swing is going to be. It's like, well, at a certain point, like – Everything looks overanalyzed. It's the big cat gif. It's figure it out. Like (laughs) if you can't, like then step aside. Like let somebody else figure it out. Yeah. I don't know. Well, it was good to see Griffin Merritt get back going. I think that's huge for this lineup. Um, having a guy like that in the middle inserted somewhere um, that can get guys in. I mean, that's that's what they've they need that. 
top of the lineup, uh, I feel like it should do their thing. Uh, again, I like Jared Dickey as a leadoff. I just think uh, as good of a hitter as he is, I think he needs to be in that top. I like him at fifth as well. But if you got Griffin Merritt and Zane Denton's hitting pretty well, I don't feel like it's a sure thing. Uh, or I don't feel like you have to have him in the middle of the lineup. I, I like him at the front. Um, also, like Hunter Inslee continues to – he doesn't give you any reason why he shouldn't be out there. No. I, he – there are very few guys, I can say right now, that look like SEC baseball players. Just like just about everything they do, he's one of them. Mm-hmm. Which isn't – you don't want to say isn't good because, like, you would hope that he would. But at a certain point, like, you would hope that in this lineup he would be like the seventh or eighth guy that you would say that about. Right now he's third – maybe that yeah. comes to mind. I mean, Dickie and Burke are the only two that I can consistently say, like, they they look professional in, in a lot of things that they do. But Inslee is right there with them now. And I think Dylan Dryling could be that way too. I, I, I think getting him kind of at the bottom of the lineup would really help the bottom of the lineup kind of pick up the pace a little bit just because he is a guy that – he's going to put it in play. He might not always get a hit, but, you know, he doesn't strike out a lot either. No, he would be a perfect we, – we talked about somebody hitting in the nine hole just to start off when you're not getting anything out of the leadoff spot. But put him nine, put Dickey at one, and just have two professional hitters back-to-back there. See if you yeah. can see if you can get something started from the bottom of the order. Yeah, I'd love to see it. Well, that's kind of all, all I got. Fayetteville this weekend, going to be tough. Um, they're a really good program, can hit the ball. You know, Brody Slavin's still there. I don't know how. Um, That's another thing. Tennessee is young. You know, that lineup that they put out, especially on Thursday or or Friday, with Jake Kendrow, you had Kavaris Tears. You know, both those guys are freshmen. Kavaris Tears is a retro freshman. Dylan Dryling is a freshman. Um, Then you got sophomores and Blake Berg and and Christian Moore. I think Dickey is a redshirt sophomore. Um, So, I mean, this team is young, and I feel like – I didn't really think about that until I saw how big Florida was. And I was like, good God, like, who are these people? Um, but Tennessee does have a young line. Hunter Inslee, I think, is a sophomore. So, I mean, you have a good kind of core group there that should be back next year. And I know we're not looking at next year, but um, looking at the future of the program, I think it is kind of well in hand. You know, you do have Burns and Bean back next year as well. So. Yeah, there's still no reason to hit the panic button on anything because, let's be honest, if they lose a game, if they lose every game the rest of the year, like, Vitello is not getting fired. Like, it's not right. that – like, that would suck. I mean, because that means you're losing to, like, Eastern Kentucky. But at, at the same time, like, it's all going to be okay. Like, it, it's we, – we thought this team was going to be better, but I don't think this is just, like, unforeseen territory. Like, they're not – awful it, it's yeah it's they're, they're still a number they're the number 16 team in the country i mean right. we were we would die five five or six years ago if this team was ranked 16 in the country like that that would be incredible um but we have been spoiled um and so it is like people are, are out on this team and, and you see stuff on on twitter like that all the time it's tennessee's got to get going there's no doubt about it but I don't think there's any reason why this team can't win a regional. For me, it's still just the same statement of, I don't know what this team is yet. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just, 
we know they're not bad, but we know they're just not great right now. So it's, yeah, and there's pieces like the starting pitching. At some point, it's got to. It's got to. Yeah, it, you got the best be pitching going. coach in the country too. Like right. he, he's going to figure it out eventually. You just yeah. hope it's not when your lineup decides to go on a streak of, you know, scoring two runs a game. Like you, you're not going to win that way. Yeah, and I think some of it is like, no offense to Jared Dickey. I mean, he was hurt during the off season, so he didn't catch a whole lot. But Tennessee has kind of been screwed by like not having a like legit catcher. Yeah, guys need to establish if Stark is Beam's guy, roll with it. Because I, I think we can all confidently say he's got a better bat than Charlie Taylor. So if it comes down to this guy's this guy's catcher, do that to just establish some chemistry. It, it mm-hmm. would be perfect in an ideal world where yeah, you've got the same guy that runs out there every game, and you know sure. he gets an off day every you know couple weeks against a midweek opponent, but. At this point, that's Cal Stark for me. Yeah. But at the same time, can he do it consistently? Right. So it's it's just that you're stuck there. All right, let's get into MVP real quick. I think it's my turn to go first. Is that right? Did you go first last yeah. time? Go okay. Ahead. I'm going to go Drew Beam. Got to. Seven innings pitched, four hits, two earned runs, one walk, ten strikeouts. I mean, he was, he was dominant. That lineup is not easy to go through, and, and he shoved it for seven innings. Yeah, I feel like he was the he he was the obvious choice. Um, I want to go Merritt just because it's good to see him back, and I specifically have talked about how important I think he is to the lineup. If he's if he's humming along, I'll go Stark though, just because it it's kind of it's funny because you mentioned it earlier. He looked like he wanted to be there, like yep. he had he had the spark and he had the energy, like and he backed it up. So probably a very close second. Griffin Merritt there, but I'll go Stark just because I hope, again, I feel like I said this so I'm blue in the face, but I hope this is the run for a guy like him. Like, I hope maybe all of the Charlie, but maybe he takes hold of the spot and doesn't give it up now. And that's that's another position where, like, with Inslee, Dickey, Burke, you kind of, you know, write it in Sharpie then. Yep. Yeah, I like the fire he brings. Also, kind of funny story. <clears throat> so, I was in the MVP room um on saturday and it was pouring down rain and and your boy is just not cut out with, for the, with the or without rain. nachos there was nachos involved yes okay. there was okay. um, sure. and there will be nachos tomorrow so all y'all can relax but uh I, it stopped raining like after the sixth inning so i like go out and was just gonna go to my seat well drew drew beam's parents saw me come out and they told me to go back in because they didn't want to jinx it <laughs> um and I did come out. He did give up a two-run home run, so that is partially my fault. Um, but also, like, if that's my fault, I also want to take credit for the rest of that game. So, Well, I would just say the simple formula for anybody watching this is bring a bag of tortilla chips to your next game at Lindsey Nelson, give them to Landon, provide yeah. him with maybe a comfortable seat. Actually, let's everybody do it. I, I feel like yeah. like I'm, I'm rowing the boat here, but, I, like, I need some help. So if everybody else wants to, to do it, you're just going in circles. You're paddling. Somebody is. Somebody did mention they're like somebody shorted you on chips. I'm like, yeah, that was me, because your boy is gaining some weight during baseball season, trying to keep this team afloat. So I can't do it all by myself. I need some help. So please, um, if you need some nachos, just let me know. I got you. Maybe you can spell 
the guy the guys at catcher just put the gear on when it's june out there you'll drop you'll drop some pounds quick then you yeah all, maybe you all the tortilla chips like catch a bullpen yeah yeah that'd be terrifying i did not want to do that <laughs> we talked about you coming on mulching with nice sweat like yeah i was i was mulching, mulching. it was as soon as i got home my wife was out there doing yard work she was um i think she, after she got off today so i felt bad so i immediately Went to Lowe's, got some mulch, and and started you know getting after it. So domesticated is what it just is. Strap, strap the gear on next time. Just All right. your neighbors may think that you're dealing with explosives in the yard, but that's a small price to pay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, guys, thanks for listening. We'll see you back next week. We got more important issues back on Thursday. Got a special guest. Um, so don't mention that. Caleb does want me to mention that Kevin O'Sullivan is two for three in home runs during his coaching interview. It seems to always happen. I don't understand. I um, didn't see that. Advanced stop stats. Stop the, the coaching interviews. Stop them right now. Unless you're doing Tony Vitello and him doing Mike Concha. That was the best one of all time. So maybe the, that that's why they keep doing it. They're in hopes that it's going to continue to do that. We'll see. Guys, thanks again. We'll see you back and peace.